You know, we are given so many what we should do is what we shouldn't do. And so we get really good at shutting out our intuition so that we can live in alignment with what we've been told we should do or how we should show up or what life should look like. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit, to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Oh, I am currently plopped down in the middle of my bedroom floor with my Friday comfies on and my coffee is currently in my ember mug working on warming up. And I just wanted to kind of come down to earth, plop down with you guys and have like a like a friend talk, which I feel like I always aim to do, but this one feels more like it. Uh, like I literally have my fuzzy slippers on my feet currently just, yeah, very casual coming at you today with a heart to heart that I think we all really can benefit from. And that's on following, following our intuition and how we have 10 seconds to get good at listening to our intuition, which sounds really (laughs) overwhelming. And like, there's a lot of pressure because 10 seconds isn't that long of a period of time. But uh, before we dive in, before we keep going, I have a review I wanted to share with you guys. As you know, if you're a longtime listener, reviews mean so much to me. If you take the time to write a review, leave a review, um, it brightens my day to be able to hear from you guys. So This review says, I can relate. This is from Howdy509. The overalls had me laughing out loud. It was so relatable. And I've had the same type of conversations with myself when impulse buying something that inevitably not transforms me into the person I want to be. That takes actual work. You can't buy self-improvement, LOL. So true. Thank you for this and what you're doing. I appreciate the honesty. It's a weird time to be alive with all the consumerism and distractions and instant gratification. And you're so right. And it goes perfectly into what I'm talking about today, sort of. And I hope I remember to circle back to it because truth is I don't have today's chat scripted out. This is very heart to heart with you. But thank you, Howdy, for 
popping in, leaving a review. I'm so glad you liked the overall um, episode. If anybody missed that episode, it's episode 69, how I talked myself out of impulse buying overalls. Uh, Again, kind of more of a just heart to heart, really honest (laughs) chat that I'm having with you guys about my true struggles with shopping addiction and buying things that I just really don't need. But today I wanted to talk to you about thinking less and how we have 10 seconds to get in touch with our intuition when making decisions. This comes from, I've been working on my speaking career, you guys. Okay. So let me take the time to share that with you. I'm, I'm very excited slash nervous about it. Um, having a speaking career, being speaking, speaking on stages is something that has always been in the back of my mind for literally like a decade. And of course, a decade ago, this was at the height when I was just starting my journey with minimalism and everything. I thought, well, I can't do that. That's, that doesn't work for me. Not for me. I can't have that. I can't do that. That's not possible. Um, and now I, like, I believe that it is, and it took 10 years for me to believe that it is. And for me to feel like I had a voice enough to say something, um, which also leads me to the reminder that I've been thinking so much about when I was 20, how much I thought of my 40 year old self and was like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I won't be able to enjoy or do anything when I'm 40. I'll just basically be dead. (laughs) I just had that really depressing mindset. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30, like way closer. And it's just crazy how glad I am. I didn't give up on my future self, but that's an episode for another day. What I'm getting at today is that I'm working on writing my speech and I want the basis of the speech to be talking about our downsized journey, but also to be informative and teaching some of the lessons that I learned along the way. And the first thing that came to mind that I felt like needed to be talked about is that intuition, that intuitive nudge that we have from within that tells us to do something or not to do something. And the reason I felt like I had to bring this up is because Tom and I both had this intuitive nudge telling us not to buy our big dream house. So I always talk about how we bought our big dream house. We bought our big dream house and it was so great and it was so wonderful and blah, blah, blah. We always wanted to live there. And it's true. And that's what makes it so difficult is this whole house was beautiful. I was just looking at pictures of it again. I was like, oh, it's such a pretty house. Oh, I really love that house. I really do. It was beautiful. It was everything I ever wanted. The place was everything I ever wanted. But the fact is the night before we signed the papers, Tom and I were both not feeling it. And we were not good at vocalizing it either. And we weren't at a place in our, in our lives, in our journeys with our self growth, where we were ready to say, you know what? We just got to back out of this. Now, of course, we're a lot bolder, right? We've taken the steps. We followed our intuitions, but Uh, And I was talking to Tom about this the other day. I included it in my speech and just wanted to share with you guys. So, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, we don't, we don't know if we want to do something or not, or we don't know if something's right for us or not until we try. And I think, you know, maybe in some ways that's right, but I also disagree in a sense that I think our bodies speak to us first, but we just ignore them. 
because we think our intuitions are stupid or can't be any smarter than our brains are, right? And we grew up so much, you know, especially if you grew up with me, you know, I'm an 80s baby, grew up in like a 90s kid. And like someone who would listen to their intuition was always depicted in movies and TV shows, like a really woo woo kind of weirdo person that we don't take seriously, like Dharma and Greg or Phoebe on Friends, right? Anybody who was kind of spiritual or was, you know, maybe someone who would be more likely to listen to or believe in something like intuition um they were always depicted as these like crazy kooky characters who are just (laughs) to be tolerated (laughs) you know what i mean and i think because of that a lot of us think like oh i don't want to be that person i don't want to be the person who believes in like intuition or spirituality or because you know they're not to be taken seriously however as I was starting to write this part of my speech, I did a quick Google search, which Google so reliable, right? For intuition. I was like, I'm just going to look it up. I've spoken with an intuition coach before on the podcast, which was a really great episode. Um, and if you're not really good at tuning into your intuition, I'm going to give you some tips on what I've personally done to help myself become more aligned with my intuition But if you want to deep dive even further, I recommend checking out the episode that I did with Kayleen Elise. That episode is called Peace and Parenting, Intuitive Outfits and Hearing Your Inner Voice. It's episode 45, and it's a really good one where we talk about, obviously, all these different types of areas of life where you can practice using your intuition. But when I went to Google, the most reliable source on the planet, I came across an article in Psychology Today, which is a source I rely on a lot more, right? And Psychology Today, my jaw dropped. I think it was like 10 10 things you need to know about your intuition. I only got through thing number one because I was like, what? This is exactly what I needed. It aligns so much with what I believe and what I think and what I've been practicing and applying to my life. And it was this. There was a study conducted and they shared the woman who conducted it, but it wasn't really clear and I couldn't dive in more into the study. So what she did was gather people and show them 10 second clips of different professors. These 10 second clips of a different professor. And after those 10 seconds, the person watching needed to leave a, like a review on that professor. Like I'm guessing like a scale one to 10, right? How effective do you think this professor was? After a 10 second clip, leave a review. And what they found was that in just in those 10 seconds, 10 seconds of watching a clip, these people's instant intuitive responses were accurate with the responses of students who reviewed their teachers at the end of the semester. So the students did reviews on their professors and their responses lined up with the people who were watching these professors for 10 seconds. Like they were able to intuitively know whether or not this professor would be, um, you know, effective in their teaching. Okay. So that's so cool. Right. Right off the bat. I'm like, Oh, sweet. 10 seconds was all it took. And they lined up. That's cool. But it gets so much better. I hope you're hearing me right now. Because they did another study. I don't know if they had the same people or different people. That's up for a debate. I didn't get that from the article. But they did a second time 
where they showed the 10 second clip of the professor and then gave people a one minute response time to write down all of the reasons behind their answer. So they see the 10 second clip. They leave a review for that professor. They write whether they think they're effective or not, right? And then they take the time to write out their reasonings behind their response. And do you know what happened? Go ahead. Make your guess what happened. After one minute, the people who took the one minute responses, their accuracy dropped significantly. Their accuracy dropped. It no longer lined up with the responses from students at the end of the semester. In other words, the longer we take to think about something, the longer we dwell on it, the more we debate or focus our attention on it, the less accurate we become. Like our intuition gets kind of a curveball. And this is 100% how it goes. Because like I've been sharing with you, the night before, Tom and I were supposed to sign the papers to move into our big dream house. We both had this like, oh, this intuitive nudge. But what did we do? We did the same thing you do. We did the same thing everybody does. Oh, we already put a $2,000 deposit down on the house. We are already living in your parents' basement, which was my argument. You know, I'm going, we already live in your parents' basement. We've been here for three weeks. We will be homeless. We will have no home, nowhere to go. And I was trying to work and live in a very small basement with both of my kids who were like four and five at the time. Our older one was living with friends closer to school because we were a half hour away from school. It felt like our family was separated. It was just so exhausting. And if we didn't sign the papers for a house tomorrow, that would be all the same. We would be stuck in that same spot. We would still have nowhere to live. Very frustrating, right? I'm not going to deny that my reasonings were good. And Tom's was saying, you know, we already put the the 2000 down. Everybody's expecting me to show up tomorrow and sign the papers. And he was really vocalizing how stressed he was about it. And I told him, I was crying, <laughs> granted, I told him, I support you no matter what you do. You know, whether you sign those papers or not, I am going to show up. If if you decide not to, then it's back to the grindstone. We're going to push through this. If you decide to, I'm going to make it okay. We're going to be okay when we, when we move in. You're, you're not going to be stressed. And I followed suit with that for a year because he did sign the papers, you know? Um, and I felt the hesitation as I sat next to him while he signed the papers. He paused and he looked at that paper and he looked scared and I didn't know what he was going to do. And I was like trying to emotionally, you know, with our Minnesota passive aggressive quietly being like intuitively trying to say, I'm here. I got you. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. I remember. And as soon as he signed my, my brain was like, okay, that's his decision. We are going to be going forward with the house. Like that's, I'm going to make this work. It's going to work. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I sustained that energy for a year before I gave up. And it's so crazy to think now Tom and I openly talk about listening to that intuitive voice and hearing it more. And, you know, he recently didn't listen to his, um, within the last year or two on a big topic and a big issue. And, um, 
thankfully was able to undo it and, you know, has now gotten that much more experience listening to it. This is something that I had practiced before I met Tom. Um, my intuition was something I got good at hearing when it came to relationships. You know, I got to this point where I was going, nope, the relationship's not for me. Nope, 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 nope. Um, and I'm so thankful I did it with relationships because those are very important things. But the house was a big kicker for me, a big reminder to not talk myself into something that I intuitively do not feel is right for me. But we are so out of tune with our intuition, which is what I was saying earlier with impulse buys and consumerism. The second we are born, we are being so heavily influenced. You know, we are given so many what we should do is what we shouldn't do. And so we get really good at shutting out our intuition so that we can live in alignment with what we've been told we should do or how we should show up or what life should look like. Um, and it's not like society or our parents are aiming for this, but it's just kind of the way things go. We stop actually trusting that voice. It seems ridiculous or, you know, fanciful to even consider listening to our intuition, which is so sad. That's why I wanted to share that study with you today. And because I shared it with a girlfriend today, I thought I want to share this with my unstuffed audience. Um, I had a friend reach out to me and talk to me about her current battle that she's facing with. She is exhausted. (laughs) She's like, I am so exhausted. You know, she's got had back to back things go wrong in her life and hasn't really taken the time to deal with them. How often do we all do that? And she wants to take this weekend to herself. And she's given this opportunity to have this weekend away from her four kids and husband. But is going, oh, but this and but this and but this. And I feel bad with this and all, but what about this, right? And I told her the 10 second intuition thing, like, okay, but your intuition's right. She goes, okay, well, what about? So she wanted to go up to the, to with her family this weekend. They were going to take like a, a weekend away. But she found out some people that tend to be a little chaotic are going to be up north this weekend. And she wants to make sure her kids don't get caught in any crossfires, right? Mom's intuition, right? We could call it mom's intuition, mom's instinct, mom's mama bear mode that we we go into, you know? So she's going, I need this weekend away. Oh, these, you know, these chaotic people are coming. I got to go. Her, her next thought is, well, I got to go then, right? So she goes, okay, well, what about that then? Because my instant thought when that came up was, I have to go. Is that my intuition talking to me then? And I was like, not, not to act like I have all the answers because I, I hate being one of those people. But I'm like, I was just talking to Tom about this. Snort, snort, push up my glasses. You know, I was just talking to Tom about that because it is so confusing Like I said, we're giving so many different influences, so many outside influences into our lives, right? So how do we tell the difference between our actual intuition and a fear-based response, which is what I call it? Because like I said, Tom had this option over the last few years, over the last couple of years, he, he went through this. And it was for him to figure out which one's my intuition and which one is me doing something because I'm afraid of the alternative. You know, so my friend going up North, when she hears that these chaotic people are there, um, 
basically just gives her another reason to shout out her intuitive voice, which says, stay home, girl, you need a break, right? And now let, let it be known, these people are just chaotic and obnoxious. Like whatever's going to happen, her, her children won't be hurt or harmed. You know, I mean, that's a different story. That's like a kids are staying home with me kind of thing. And I'm going to power through. And so we kind of talked through that. And I hope she's chosen, choosing to stay home because her husband will be there. And, you know, I told her, I think allowing our kids to see people as adults who do, who behave like children sometimes, you know, people who just can be hurtful and unkind as much as we want to shield them from those situations. Sometimes, um, it could be a great example of saying, you know, how these people act, this is why we choose not to spend time with them, or this is why we are taking our distance from them. You know, it gives your kids a first row example of setting boundaries and what is and isn't healthy behavior. Because I think when we raise our kids in a healthy home, which I think so many of us are working to do, we're working to break generational trauma and, um, you know, break the cycles. We're cycle breakers. You know, a lot of people in our generation are working to, every, every generation I think is working to do better than our parents. But I really feel like there's a lot of actual, like emotional, you know, therapy work being done on the part of the millennial Gen Z generation. And let me applaud you for that because <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard to do. Uh, and I think in doing it, we can want to shelter our kids because we maybe grew up in chaos. We saw a lot of crazy things happen. And yes, by all means, there is a certain level of keep your kids safe. Um, but there's also a level of, and this is something I've had to battle in my motherhood as well, is <sighs> this world is going to show your kids some crazy shit, right? <laughs> there's going to be difficult people who are not emotionally stable. You know, they've been raised in an emotionally stable household or people who are doing the work and not everybody out there is, and they're going to come face to face with those people at some point. So at some point, allowing them to be introduced to what we mean when we say like people who aren't good examples or people who aren't healthy can be a great way for us to be there when we can be there to be their teachers and to say, yeah, you know how that person behaved. That's not okay. And we're going to set boundaries for ourselves and for our family around those people. And, um, you know, I know none of us want to throw up our kids into the middle of crazy crossfires, but that's a little side note bonus lesson for you guys today or bonus thoughts, bonus thoughts. Um, and an intro into my discussion today with one of my girlfriends about listening to that intuition and, you know, it's really difficult because our brains will put up a good fight, right? But I really encourage you to focus on that 10 seconds and not give yourself the full minute. And I, I love this so much because like I said, it's something I've been applying in my life. I have a sign in my living room. You might've seen it. If you follow me like on social medias or something that says do less, do less. Or you see me talk about when I go to the gym, try less, like try less. And this is why. And so that's why I love this study so much is because I have come to find that the harder I work at something, the worse I am at it. <laughs> and the more I think about something, the further I get from a solution. 
it's just so crazy to me. So hearing this 10 second intuitive thing was just amazing. And I think it's so important for us to just wade through the BS and get better at hearing and understanding that 10 second voice. Um, so I jotted down some ideas on how to think less, think less, do less, think less, try less. It's just a genius way to live. Uh, but it's scary to trust at first. Like I said, this is something I've actively been working at for years, um, but very specifically in the last few. A mindless activity. Mindless activities can do so much for your heart and soul. You know, I think that's why so many people find peace truly like doing the dishes. Not me. I hate it. I hate doing the dishes. <laughs> Childhood trauma. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sort of kidding. But taking a shower or singing or riding a bike or going for a walk or making your bed. I can't tell you those times, which it's so difficult because I don't like cleaning. That's something you should know about me by now. But when I'm feeling stressed and icky and my thoughts are just cycling from my brain to my emotions, from my emotions to my brain, I'm just falling deeper and deeper into a mental pit that I'm creating for myself. A lot of times I say, just get up and like, just vacuum the house because it it helps, you know, you start when you're getting stuck in your head, like I tend to do, I get stuck in my head and my emotions, the cycle of my head and my emotions, moving your body. It's like, it gives somewhere for that energy to go and it helps balance you out. And you're just doing this mindless activity and can help you find the right words. I was trying to think of what to talk to you guys about today. And my first thought was sit and think and figure it out that never works. And funny enough, that's the opposite of what I'm talking about. So I was like, no, I'm just going to continue on with what I'm doing. My answer will come to me. And it came to me in like 10 seconds. I was like, oh, obviously I should talk about this because this is what's been going on in my life. And it's so helpful. But the more you can focus on those, not even focus, the more you can do those mindless activities, um, the more you kind of get out of your own way and allow space for the answers to come to you, the answers that you need. And this is one thing that I'm going to take a small tangent on is speaking of mindless activities, singing. I think singing in the shower. Over the last few years, I have gotten more and more compliments on my singing voice um, while I still hear all the flaws naturally because that's just how I operate. But people are going, oh, you're so lucky you got to take voice lessons when you were in high school. And I'm like, I took voice lessons when I was 17. I am 37 now. And just lately, I've started getting compliments. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's 100% from healing trauma because I was storing my tension and trauma in my neck, which is vocal cords, obviously. And two, it was from no longer caring about everything I was taught during voice lessons. Everything I was taught during voice lessons was like beneficial information. Like it was stuff I needed to know. But at the same time, when you're getting ready to sing, I'm going, okay, you got to breathe this way. You got to open your mouth this way. You got to take a deep breath this way. You know, it's like if you were to get on a bike again and go, okay, I got to pull up my feet. I got to, I got to balance it this way. I got to make sure I'm balancing, you know, finding the right balance here. And I got to make sure I got my hand here, my other hand here. And this is my bell. And this is my, this is where I change my speed. And, you know, when you start to think too much about, riding a bike, 
you're like, I'm really overcomplicating this. I could just get on and ride this bike. You know what I mean? And it's so difficult because there are, there are going to be lessons we need to learn. We all need to learn the fundamentals of riding a bike or driving a car or singing. But the more we stay stuck in the rules and have tos, have tos, have tos, the worse off we are. So I know that's what I've been saying this whole time. But when I say mindless activity singing, more and more, I have allowed myself to find this just peace and healing through singing rather than trying to aim to be a certain kind of singer. Uh, I've just let go doing less and it's amazing. The second thing to help you think less is recognize your cues. We are all different. And this is why I never want to come across as like a, too much of a how-to person. There are certain how-tos that we can how-to, you know, like how to pay off debt. Well, here is a way to pay off debt. But when it comes to like paying attention to your intuition, I feel like each of us is going to have different ways that we feel it because we all operate differently. And I've talked and been made fun of by my friends over the last year or something when I try to share that I am one of those people who doesn't have a voice in my head. I do not have a voice in my head. Some people do. I do not. And the people who have voices are going, oh my gosh, that must be so nice. You don't have this voice in your head. But the more I thought about it, the more I've realized, well, I just allow my emotions to take over because I don't have a voice saying anything in my head. I'm just like, I'm mad. I'm pissed. I'm, and it just can possess me. I can quickly be swept away in my emotions. And I don't even know what I'm thinking or where this emotional shift came from because I don't have any words. So I have learned I have to give myself words. So my intuition personally is very much just like a sinking feeling like a, nope, that's not right. Oh, I don't want to do that. Or something that feels difficult or brings up fear, like a real fear, resistance, hesitation, you know, like standing at the edge of a cliff. I mean, that might be a great place for all of us to start. How do you feel if you're standing at the edge of a cliff where you feel that like, oh, that instinct to pull back? That's what intuition and hearing my own intuition feels like for me. And again, you step to the edge of a cliff. You don't need more, longer than 10 seconds to tell you like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. I need to step back, right? Learn to recognize your personal cues. Do they come from your head? Do they come from your heart? I'm guessing they come from your gut. You know, there's that mind-body connection. And I love this quote um, from Eckhart Tolle, who says, when your head and your heart are in disagreement, I wish he would have told me this when I was 18 years old, because I could have really used it. When your head and your heart are in disagreement, listen to your heart. I think so often our heads, they, they take that extra minute and they want to talk us out of all of the things, right? But our heart, our gut, our intuitive response had the right answer the first time. And we can, we can trust it, you guys. I'm telling you. And lastly, you know, you just have to practice. Sucks, but you do. And you can do it with the smallest of things, which I said, if you go back and listen to my episode 45 with Kayleen, we talked about even picking up the right outfit where I would pick out my outfits the night before because I wanted to be an effective person. Like I want to be efficient and have my outfit picked out. But I'd wake up in the morning and go, that's not what I'm supposed to wear today. That's not what I'll be wearing. But looking through and going, oh, this and just wearing what your instant instinct says. You can start, you know, 
being aware of your intuition in that smallest of senses. Like what color lipstick do I want to wear? Oh, this one. I want to wear this one. You know, and you know when it just gets so much stronger, the more we hone it. So it doesn't have to be big life-changing decisions. It can be teeny tiny things. Um, and those teeny tiny things I still used to argue with myself about. When I would go in my closet and go, oh, I want to wear this shirt. I would go, no, you can't wear that shirt. <laughs> I can't believe I argue with myself so much about the stupidest things. Um, I'd be like, no, you can't wear that shirt. You just bought that one. You need to wear the other shirt because you haven't worn it yet. Like it's not fair to the unworn shirt if you wear this other one first. Or you've already worn that shirt a lot. People have seen you in that shirt. You can't wear it. I would talk myself out of what shirt to wear in the morning, you guys. It's ridiculous. And we all do it so quickly. It's We like gaslight ourselves out of listening to our own intuition. So I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you today. Start paying attention to that 10 seconds and don't give it a minute longer. And just see what happens. Because I guarantee you there's something in your life. We always kind of all have something either here right now or lingering around the corner that we are going to benefit listening to our intuition. And it is scary. Like I said, if you are not in the habit of doing this, it can be so scary. When we chose to downsize our house, that was my intuition. My intuition was like, oh my gosh, and I didn't take the minute. I got my ass up out of that chair. I ran upstairs and I slowly talked to Tom. I said, we should downsize the house. You know, I, I gave him a little bit of leeway edging into the conversation because our marriage was kind of in a rocky spot. So we already, he already didn't like talking to me very much, (laughs) but I went up and was like, Hey, eased into the conversation. And then was like, what if we sold the house? And I told him this yesterday and I saw the same look on his face when I told him, but he got like a smile on his face and his eyes kind of lit up. His first response when I told him, let's sell the house was sheer excitement. Like, yes, I want to do that. That sounds so nice. And a second after those 10 seconds were up, he was going, well, but what about this? And what about this? But I told him yesterday, I said, even as you started arguing, even as he started making up the excuses of why it would be difficult to, to downsize, to sell the house, he still was smiling. Like, it was like we were both giving all the reasons why it would be hard. We just refinanced our, you know, we just refinanced. We probably won't make any money on this. Contrary to what some people believe, we did not make a ton of money on the selling of our house. And it was like, we both didn't care. We had all the excuses. We had the minute long excuses. But at that point, we were so ready to listen to that intuitive voice. And it was scary and it was difficult and it was a long journey, you guys. And I'm not saying it's going to be that way for you. But at every turn, I kept going, no, this is the right step. And I need to listen to it. And I need to follow through. If you've heard me talk about it before, you know, things got really rough. My stepdad got diagnosed with cancer. My son wound up in the hospital. And I remember our realtor, after my son got out of the hospital, going like, you're probably just going to put this on the back burner, huh? Like, I think he thought our idea for downsizing was crazy anyway. So I think he was like, oh, they're probably coming to their senses now. After my son got out of the hospital, he was like, you're you're probably ready to not sell, huh? And I was like, nope, get that thing on the market. We are getting out of here more than ever. I was aligned. I'm like, I don't care. I, I was in go mode. I had a fire in my belly. Like I will take my son to all his follow-up appointments and I will clean this house. We are going to get rid of it. And we are going to 
get back to a life that feels manageable and easy because I knew that that was our best chance. I didn't know it would be better. That's what sucks. But I felt intuitively that it would. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.